0: This is Punk Theology, the podcast. Punktheology.com
1: Hello,
2: listeners. You have successfully completed your connection with the Punk Theology podcast. That would be Chuck, Derek, John, and myself. Russ Shaw, your host. Uh, in another round table discussion. Here's a question Can respect and honesty coexist for a long period of time? Real, solid, deep honor. Is that possible, right? Can we be honest and respectful? At a deep level. <laughs> How do you be honest and respectful? How, like how do you value, a core value, for a lot of men I think it's respect, and it's also authenticity. So there, so there's a weird line that you have to kind of walk on I find when this, it comes to being honest. This right? is the
3: problem that comes up a lot when I'm giving people advice.
1: Why must you tell me everything that's on your mind? No hugging, no learning.
0: I don't know, Chuck. I I don't know how that would benefit me or society. Like, I'd like to think that, yes, I'd like for, yes, unfiltered, I want to know what you really think, but at the same time, does anybody? I don't know. Tell me
1: everything that's on your mind. No hugging, no learning. Sharing feelings is a waste of time. No hugging, no
0: learning.
3: I struggle to get people to be honest with me. At Do least, you? Yeah. Like, Or at least like, tell me what they're really feeling without couching it it
0: like, work or just, just in, in general. general in general
3: um, and then trusting that right that's always the hard part like are you fucking with <laughs> really?
2: me really yeah Antisocial.
0: so much so much of this uh, of the conversations like you said scratching the surface is really dealing with just the surface level stuff like you know your addictions your behaviors your attitudes of whatever jerking off drinking too much whatever <laughs>
1: the world, me alone,
3: You just heard from the bitch queen's there also in the was teenage bottle rocket, with no hugging, no learning. Bitch
2: Queens played antisocial. Search Punk's theology on Spotify to hear the playlist of bumper tunes for the show. Follow the bands and get notifications when they come to your fucking town. Antisocial to the bone. Antisocial. Antisocial. Please, I'm so
0: about our game.
2: <laughs> it depends on the banter. Like some banter, you wanna like I don't know. All right, like now. Anyway, what c- we're okay, talking go. about
3: tonight, Chuck?
2: It, Chuck Russ or Chuck? Yeah. Chuck. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Russ. Russ? Okay. So
1: we're gonna.
2: My my first name, by the way, is Charles. So <laughs> Charles. everybody, <knows. laughs> <Your name laughs> I'm my, I go by my middle name because I had red hair when I was a kid, and they call me Rusty.
0: And there's a so fine wine I... named after you. Yeah, yeah.
2: Charles. Show The that's topic right?
1: that's gonna be discussed tonight is why. I am not allowed to use my name in the name song as a kindergartner. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay. When I was, uh, and I I still remember this, yeah, and, which is just, interesting. Was there? There's a movie, there's a movie <laughs>
3: from the like early '90s, late '80s, where some little kid tries the banana.
1: banana yeah, the name I was devastated Charles. as in kindergarten. We went. Really? I everybody just went through John, you know, Chuck, fuck, but, but, but fuck, but it It's like, <laughs> just oh. use my fucking real name, Charles. I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Everything works. But it's like, oh, wait, we can't... No, you're not allowed to go. I'm chuck a, just ruined the song. Right? Done. And everyone's like, oh, we don't understand why we can't do it. Chuck it in the fuck it bucket. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> came up.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what does chuck it in the fuck it bucket mean? It means...
3: It's a m- more fun way of saying fuck it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: It's It's...
2: It's the delete key on your computer. Keyboard. It's better than the delete key on your keyboard. Because it's, yeah, it's got more phonetics. So
1: did kids like, make fun of <laughs> you with that? Little no. Rhyme? No? no, I did get made fun of when I would use the term like chuck it over the fence. And that was very common. Oh, like chuck up. it. And then they're, they're like, like, oh, throw we're it about, over the fence. What about upchuck? Uh, upchuck, yeah, all that shit. My, My name's John, so there you go. But then I just beat yeah. the shit out of them, so I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> the movie
0: Zoolander was not... Great for my name Darely. Dude Darely. my wife and I totally call you Derely uh-huh. <laughs> I know <laughs> But it's an affection like uh-huh. we love you But uh, I also grew up There are not There's not a single
3: uh, Derek In a movie that isn't On some level a douchebag Like it's throw usually it's dude. a throw out douchebag yeah. yeah. Name throw it's usually one. some ex-boyfriend That's yeah. a total Dickweed uh, yeah, it's not I'm like yeah. The only main character I can think of that's ever been Derek was
0: Zoolander, and that was not the most ideal <laughs> character. <of> <laughs> <person>. <laughs> Jason Bateman's character on Silver Spoons when he was a kid. Uh, Ricky Schroeder's best friend, his name was Derek. He was a nice kid. I don't even yeah. know.
1: What I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm dating I'm, I'm myself. Yeah. <laughs> John's an 80 year old guy. No, no. I'll
2: tell you how old I am. When I was a kid, I got made fun of because my last name is Shaw during the Iran thing. The Shaw. The Shaw of Iran. Shah right. Iran. Oh, it's the Shaw of Iran. There he is. Where's your turban, Shaw? I don't get it Like that's funny It's because you weren't born yet probably
0: I don't know (laughs) It's like a long fucking time ago Back when I ran was a free society Yeah Free Back when I ran was a You went to school in
1: a In a one room building (laughs) What's the size of this garage
3: (laughs) No Uh, Unfortunately What's your nicknames
1: Coming up Ooh. Charlie that was seldom though. I guess it was mostly Chucky.
0: That's I remember cool. when my dad
1: <laughs> when my dad tried to call me Chaz or Chaz. He, mm. he said Chasmo, and I looked at him, and it's just like I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> you know, like mm. if I didn't say anything. I just had that look, and he's just like, oh, don't like, like, that. Shit, he don't like <laughs> that. You don't like that one. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yep, don't fucking call me Chaz. I didn't acknowledge him or nothing. But yeah, I got Chucky a lot. Um, it's really interesting. The I've only ever been called Charles by three people hmm. and that's so that's, that's like cracker. a nickname. You no, mean, it? no not even um, what I went to when I finished school was in Florida um, I went to Florida Institute of Technology and we nicknamed it Foreign Institute of Technology because there were a lot of foreign folks that went there.
0: Did the sweatshirt say fit? That'd be kind of cool like you're throwing a fit. FIT. Yeah. Yeah. FIT. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> wah, wah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so
1: because they didn't the English wasn't their first language, I would just introduce myself as Charles. And I have three friends that continuously call me Charles. And it's like guys, my name's Chuck. No, no, you Charles. you actually introduced yourself as Charles. Is that what's on like, your birth certificate,
0: Charles? Or yeah. So? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: When
3: I was in first year of college, because I was a weird kid, uh, I introduced myself to everybody as Genghis. <laughs> Right? Stu Han Genghis. Genghis Han. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I had, I, there's still probably people that don't know my full name. College, but I was just kind of casual acquaintances. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, like, that's Genghis. Yeah, like Genghis. Like, like hey, go talk to Derek. Like, Who's that? I don't Who's know who that? that is. Yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Genghis. 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 Yeah. Genghis no. Charles. Really? Oh, yeah.
2: I still got now. I got the Charles in Charge song second.
1: Right? Oh yeah. Charles, yeah. Charles, in, Charles. in Charge. Uh, I actually like my name. Um, I have a suffix, Esquire. Nice. Which is old English for the third. So my grandfather, my father, and I all have the same name. And I remember the when I went to get my driver's license. The, the guy calls, you know, Charles, please come up, blah, 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 I walk up, and he's looking at me kind of funny, and it's, you're Charles, and I'm like, yeah, 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 he's like, oh, cool, so you're an attorney, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's why there is a common attorney yeah. you know? and yeah. at the time I knew that, and I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, man, he looks at my driver's license, he's like, you're 16, I'm like, well, you've seen the show Doogie Howser, <laughs> and he's <laughs> like yeah I'm like, I'm a protégé. You know, I'm like, yeah, I passed, the bar, I passed the bars about a year ago. He's said, like, oh, shit. I'm like, you dumb fuck. You have to be 21 to take the bars. Like, you know, but he, but I didn't let him know that, right? We're like, yeah, at the DMV, like, man. He's man. Now, though, it's like, they look at my driver's license and I'm like, oh, so which last name do you go by? It's like, I don't have two last names. I have one last name. That's a suffix. You dumb shit. It's like, not esquire. <laughs> it's my lack well, you saying it gets you out of jury duty. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I an attorney. The here in Everett, the first time I ever made it to the courthouse, um, I got been summoned. Fuck, hundreds of times. So <laughs> like, wow. Right, like it's just every once in a while you get to summons. You go, or I call the number. It's <laughs> like I'm excused or whatever. So I finally go to the courthouse. And I even made it into the box, but I remember the we're sitting there and they're asking a bunch of questions and the the prosecutors like, "Hey, you know, Charles, uh, do you have you ever been in a courtroom before?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there more than once.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: like I shit, I've had a lot of speaking Not <laughs> I didn't let her know that. I'm just like right. thinking in my head, like, "Yeah, I've been yeah lots of times." You know, she's oh, you, do you have an issue speaking in public? No, I don't, I don't find any of that an issue. Oh. So you speak in courtrooms quite a bit. Well, every time I've been, <laughs> every time I've been in a courtroom, I've had to talk. And Even now, like I'm, I'm talking to you, you know, we're in a courtroom, you know. She's like, oh, okay. And so I, I finally get into the box, you know, and the the prosecutor's like, hey, we're going to go ahead and use our one or, you know, our second... Uh, Excuse a juror for no fucking reason whatsoever. You're free to go. And I looked at her and I'm like, I'm not an attorney. And there was just this like, oh shit. (laughs) Like, I'm like, yes, I finally figured out how to beat the system. I will never have to sit on a jury ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're an esquire. Just make them think that I'm an attorney. I was
2: in traffic court today. Not even going to tell that story. It's boring. No one wants to hear it.
1: (laughs) Did you learn a lesson from it though?
2: Yes. Yeah? I know how to subpoena the traffic officer <laughs> who pulls me over now. The prosecutor explained that to me. Kids are cruel. That's what I was thinking when you guys were talking about that thing. And I think that kids are more cruel. It's weird how kids are cruel, right? Like
0: I don't find it weird at all.
3: Yeah, they don't have any it's, reference to know how their actions affect uh, yeah. them. No
0: filters, no yeah. consequences yet. <laughs> they know when they don't like something. But well, they
3: can't even they can't even change perspectives Mm -hmm. Uh, I was talking with Dan the other day or Russ was there too and he was telling this story about this psychological experiment that they do with kids often where they you know they have a little princess puppet and a um, and a box and a dragon puppet and they go and they uh, the princess uh, puts the takes a ball and puts it under the box and then goes away, and then the dragon comes and steals the ball. Uh, and they ask the kid, Where does the princess think the ball is? Under the box. Because they can't put themselves in the perspective of the princess yet. No. They're only looking at facts. Like, they, they're not, like, No, no, not where do you think it is. Where does the, where princess... Does the princess. And he says, You know, for a certain percentage of the kids, you could see the light bulb going off in their head, like, Oh, like. And like for the first time, they're kind of seeing things yeah. through somebody else, which is how they teach empathy, right? Like that's yeah. a basic exercise <clears throat> to teach empathy is having other people's perspective. Yeah, and yeah, and kids have to learn empathy. how to do other perspectives. On if they, all they have is their perspective, and uh, yeah, and that's something that people have to learn how to do. And some people really don't learn how to do that. No, they don't for a very <laughs> long, time, <laughs> a long time, if
1: ever. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting. The so I've never. Heard about that? Um, my neighbor gave me an article that was written in the Herald, the Saturday, Everett Herald, the Everett Herald. Yes, Saturday or Sunday. Um, so there was. It was about lying and younger children. And there's a study that they did that um, children that lie are genuinely more intelligent than the ones that come clean. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like I'm, you know. And they list all these facts, and it's like, okay, I can kind of understand that. You know, it's so they're coming up with a Story, creative way to get away at, from the punishment. <clears throat> what I thought was interesting, at the end of the article, the, whoever wrote it said, the way I combated my kids lying was I just fought fire with fire. So I just lied to them. So <laughs> it, it was like, what are we having for dinner? We're having your favorite dish, macaroni and cheese. And then you sit down and it's fucking meatloaf. Nah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it's like, like how does that feel? <laughs> like, like, I, like, it was it was interesting though. It was like the kid would say, you know, like I thought we were having mac- Like you told me we were having macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I lied. And then the adult would cut to the lie, like, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I lied. I feel bad. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're actually having meatloaf." Model their behavior. And it took about three weeks for them to finally get the connection. Like, oh shit, they understand what I'm doing. Like, maybe I should not do this anymore. Because it, it, I don't know, it's just interesting. And yeah, that's interesting. You're yeah. not fooling anyone.
3: I used to tell Oops. my daughter that I could tell when she was lying because her ears were turn red. Which they wouldn't. Yeah, But then when she lied to me, she covered her ears. Yeah,
2: she'd her ears. He
0: developed
2: to <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell yeah He developed the tell. And then I was time. playing poker and I <laughs> lost yeah, because I was like, Dad, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Pinocchio that's what Pinocchio used to cover his nose. <laughs> and the rest is history.
1: Derek's daughter's like in the one series of poker just covering her <laughs> like, different. So would you wanna know if someone was lying to you? Oh that's a good question. Five five, great question. That oh period. Do oh, I want oh, oh, All the time. No.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. yeah. 'cause you're almost asking
0: like, would you want mental telepathy like to read someone's mind? It's kinda <laughs> Yeah, I think it would be
2: miserable. It reminds me of uh that song by Johnny Lang, Lie to Me, you know. Hearing you the lyrics to that song. What are you
3: afraid of though? That's so that's be, Yeah, that's
1: that's the other thing. What you'd are be
3: super fucking rich.
1: Yeah? Well, no. Well, <laughs> He could be. Yeah, he could be. I guess the other way, too, though, would you want to have other people know when you're lying? So we'll just say it's universal. Everybody knows when you're lying. You know when everybody else is lying. I mean, that'd be weird, right? C-note they, there?
3: Uh, I'm
1: okay. They say that that's where we could be
0: headed with C-note. As, uh, as technology yeah. might become more symbiotic they say that you know we could be headed for something like that but i don't I know, mind yeah I, I don't know who would want that they're no. really like reminds me that uh louis ck was asked
2: i think it was on conan show why his kids couldn't have a cell phone and that that little bit went viral because he was saying a lot of what we're talking about here he goes he goes the reason my kids can't have a cell phone is he goes cuz kids are fucking mean you know <laughs> yeah. cuz kids are mean and when 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 a kid Looks at another kid and says, "You're fat," and the kid's face crunches up, and you kind of see them and kind of go, "Oh," and then they they, they feel it, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that doesn't feel good," you mm-hmm. know. But and then he's holding like a little phone in his hand. You're fat. You're pushing it into the smartphone, and then they send, and they go, "Ooh, that feels good."
3: He <laughs> <Right. laughs> doesn't have to see any of the consequences. Yeah, you
2: don't see the consequences. Yeah. You don't see how it makes them feel. It just feels good. And he goes,
1: That is exactly Would you say that one of your smartphone. core values would be honesty? Most definitely. Okay, so do you F- lie? Filtered honesty. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what? brutal honesty is core that's, values. Well, and that's, I've been thinking about this since Monday, actually. You know, Susan asked us about our core values. Yeah, oh, the first I love thing that stuff. stuff. The first that thing that came to mind was honesty. And it's like, well, like, that's not number one, though. Like number one is an honesty. For some reason, that's what came up first. But is it if you're going to be honest, though? It's is it a hundred percent? Like if that's a core value? Is one hundred percent? Being honest, no. brutally honest. No, I don't think I don't, I, think, don't I equate brutally honest with honest. Well, honest all the time. Not we're not talking about. I mean, white lies would be white lies. Then they're just lies. I don't feel like I tell white lies.
0: Maybe I do. I I don't know. Like. Like, my wife comes out and asks me, you know, how do I look in this? If I don't like it, I'll, I'll tell her, you know, politely, but... Well, there's a difference her. between being an asshole,
1: though, and brutally honest. Yeah, but... You, but can, it, tell her, you can tell her the truth and be kind about it. Yeah. yeah. But if they could read your mind, your initial reaction is like, oh... Oh, fuck, no. Yeah. <laughs> which, which it just then, is like is a I guess I don't complaint. look at that as being brutally honest. Being brutally honest would be, no, I don't like it. Whether it's... I mean, it's always with love.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. It would be awful, because I... Like, I'm thinking in work situations. Yeah, I, I was just thinking <laughs> There's a lot of time where, Like, you know, I have to hire people. And yeah. two minutes into an interview, i don't want to be like, No! They're
2: like, get the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want you to think you're doing well. That's why it would important. be fun to be a comedian, right? Like, some of these comedy no. clubs where they do shit like that. Like, you hear comedians sit around, and they just... Rack on each other. Because it's That's kind of their fun, deal. Roast,
0: Roast each other. It's awful, though. Isn't it? It's, like, it's kind, of, kind of fun, but it's... Yeah. We it's, kind of talked about that when we talked about... Uh, uh, anger. Where, yeah. you know, there's kind of a mean-spirited thing that can happen in certain male-on-male friendships, especially when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like... The anger the episode. Anger. The anger episode. Uh, oh. I don't know, Chuck. I... I don't know how that would benefit me or society. Like, I'd like to think that yes, I'd like for yes, unfiltered. I want to know what you really think. But at the same time, does anybody? I don't know. And I always think that, um,
3: but it's almost impossible to expect it from people because even you know, I struggle to get people to be honest with me. At Do least, you? Yeah, like, or at least like tell me what they're really feeling without couching it.
0: It um, work. Or just, just in, in general. general. In general. Um.
3: And then trusting that, right? That's always the hard part. Like, are you fucking with it? <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, and then, but then, like, when I'm in similar situations and people ask me to be, like, totally honest about it, I do find myself still catching couch- myself. Um, well, there's that weird thing with the, you nose. don't
2: want to be res- disrespectful. <clears throat> so there's this weird line like, how do you be honest and respectful? How, like, how do you value a core value? For a lot of men, I think it's respect. And it's also authenticity. So, there, so there's a weird line that you have to kind of walk on. I find when this, it comes to being honest, this right? is a problem comes up a
3: lot when I'm giving people advice. Because mm. I want them to take my advice, but I but there's also this fine line of like scaring the shit out of them, or uh, you know, possibly doing damage to our friendship because mm-hmm. the advice is so harsh. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, like, you should, I really think you should probably do this, right? Like,
1: well, and then the other two is when I ask for advice, it's like, okay, perfect example is the, on the thread that we have. You know, it's like, okay, you were, you know, we were talking, and it's like, okay, so is Derek being completely honest with me or not, or is he sheltering me from something?
3: Right, and that's always a question that I ask when I'm with, and I wasn't sheltering. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> Uh, What was that about?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm asking. I throw. Be honest.
1: scroll up, Russ. (laughs) Scroll up. So we have a. It was was about the fact that I was, I had, I'm anxious about something, and I'm not an anxious person. I didn't understand. No, I understood. Male erectile dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Male erectile
3: hyperfunction. <laughs> it's got a on all the time.
2: <laughs> it's uh.
0: been four. Hours See I love that movie. <laughs>
1: oh
2: fuck! If you've had an erection for more than four hours, call up a friend and brag about it. <laughs> well if
0: you take a pill No.
3: <coughs> I've had an erection for so more fun. The commercial said.
0: Uh, oh anyways, what
1: were we talking about?
0: Anxiety, the thread, honesty. Do you really want to know? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, just the I, fine I,
0: line between respect and
2: and honesty.
1: You asked what was the topic, and I was having issues with anxiety. Yeah, I'm not an anxious person. I've and you and Derek were going fun back and of forth, anxious people. I thought it was, yeah. you know, like really, like you're fucking get all nervous and anxious about this bullshit. Like, <laughs> but then I find myself and I'm like, oh, holy fuck, uh, like, this is crazy, mother. The party, like, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I did find though was I. I half took Derek's advice. Um, Don't want to let him have too much of an ego. <laughs> but it it helped. It was, you know, it was nice. We talked about it. And I'm like, oh. Like, I'm still somewhat anxious. But as soon as I mentioned any of it, it was just the Me Too, you know, blurting out. And we talked for, shit, it was probably an hour and a half of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it just it felt better. It helps. It's, it helps. It helps yeah. Talking it out helps so but much. But even, like, even yeah. now, like, my chest is tightening up, oh. up <laughs> it's weird
0: like. yeah dude good times I've,
3: uh, I've talked to John about this briefly I think it was yesterday or something mm-hmm. maybe um, so I've been doing a lot of work with writing out some of my memories as a kid um, and finding myself reverting really strongly to a lot of these as I write them out uh, these are negative memories that I have as a kid that kind of live inside of me uh, seem to pop up, and I'm kind of exercising them I kind of writing them down. Um, and I wrote one a while ago that was about just a time of real intense insecurity.
1: Um, and I
3: was just brutally insecure mm-hmm. for like a week wow. like like I just like I had conversations with Misha a couple of times, like I'm just feeling super insecure, like I need you to like. That's why I'm being really weird right now. Like, yeah. it totally manifests itself in this behavior. I started to get obsessive about, like, old relationships. Mm. And, like, like God, like, I just need some kind of validation from this person right. I haven't seen in 20 years. And, like, yeah, like, all this shit started coming up that, you know, and, and it always takes me by surprise, right? right. It's like, well, oh, fuck, of course that happened. But it takes me like three days to figure out. Like, why am I so fucking insecure? <laughs> All right, because six days ago <laughs> I wrote this brutal story about how insecure I was, and then I went back and visited that kid, that, and that yeah. kid kind of reared its head, and I gave it permission to walk around with you for right, a while. <laughs> yeah, use me as yeah. like a flesh puppet. and Decided to go out for a trip because <laughs> right. it hasn't been because it hasn't been out in a while, and, and yeah, yeah, and uh, no, and I did one, the last one I've done recently. Um, it was a transition phase in my life where I kind of regained some control, but it was also the phase where I kind of turned into more of an asshole, and I was less of a you know kind of a punching bag for people. But I kind of you know grew a spine as it was. But it was also a phase where I was a dick, mm-hmm. uh, especially to my friends, and I noticed that start to come out like like some of my relationships and friendships. Like I f- fell back into that. Just yeah. You know, kind of relentless poking. Yeah. Um, And that was weird too. Like, fuck, like I haven't seen that yeah, like eight or nine years and then all of a sudden... Mm -hmm. Have you thought
1: about giving those children permission to come out and walk with you so you can grow them up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the next step. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because you know, recently I've just been sitting and rereading them. Mm. Um, yeah. it's nice to have them written down mm-hmm. because, in some sense, they're there when I need them. Right. Yeah. Right. So I don't have to go through the entire process of remembering it. I just have to read it, and then I'm kind of in it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I can kind of do it one at a time too. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's been pretty helpful, uh, and there's no burden of. Uh, I let. A friend of mine read through them, and he says it felt like you feel like when you're pulling weeds, or like mm. when you pop a zit, mm-hmm. like like oh, like I got that gross out, and that was how a lot of the process felt when I was writing them mm-hmm. out. Is like finally I've got this gross in a place that's permanent, and I can go back and revisit, and
2: I don't yeah. have to. You got it outside of right. You. I got it outside yeah. of you. Yeah.
3: yeah, and it's interesting having the feeling of like. I got it out, but I needed to get more out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, I yeah. like like this is kind of out, but... There's but, a blackhead underneath the pus. Right, but right? right. yeah, I got
1: yeah. it. I just you got the pus out. Just, right, I got to
3: make this fucking b- bleed for a while just to get make sure that it's all out uh, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely consumed with that. I'm wondering if there's even an end to that. A seed? Like,
2: yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, let's get the seed out.
3: Yeah, like, like, is there an actual birthing process? Like, is there a fully birthed... or is there just an element of that's always going to kind of feel like that's not all the way out
2: well that's the difference between scars and wounds I think that's some of the art of life is realizing what's a scar and what's a wound because wounds you know I mean doing the podcast even and and doing stuff like this like you start to see you know as you're poking at it and tears come or something like that like that's oh that's a wound still you know and to find when it's scarred over, you can tell the story, it may emotionally affect you, but it feels like the pus is out of it, right. and it's a scar.
3: The weird thing about this has been, like, I'll read through a story now, and I'll be like, oh, like, like, this is much less intense than it was. Yeah. I'm still feeling a little bit it's okay but I must be better and then three days later like fuck like all of a sudden yeah. this shit comes out of nowhere and hits me like a truck like oh I guess I'm not <laughs> and then you know Just got more water. and then again it takes three days for me to figure like what the hell is going on oh right like I did this <laughs> again I did this six th- I've done this 40 times now and every time it surprises me that I still uh, you know get go to this place this emotional place uh, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, like well, eventually, when I get to the point where I can read through them and live them, and then three days later yeah. I don't revert to them, yeah. um uh, will be closer to the scar. But yeah, I, I, it's pretty clear I have a long way to go on yeah. one of them. And the other, you know, it's it is the problem of going through all this stuff. Is I've got ten written out, and I've got. 50, 60, 70 more that I could do. Dang, like go. off the top of my head. Off yeah. the top of your yeah. head? Yeah. Wow. So, like, uh, <clears throat> these are just the most intense ones. And, you yeah, know, the easiest ones to do. And that's always like, oh shit. Like, I spend the rest of my life writing these things, things, things out. Which, in some respect, is, it really does feel like pulling weeds. So it's pleasurable mm. in that respect. Like, oh, like that cleansing, purging yeah. process really does feel good. Uh, but also, like, shit, like, this is kind of... I'd like to not yeah, this whole kind of, needs the rest of my life. Which,
2: yeah.
3: I'm okay with the work. Okay. But there's definitely moments of, like,
2: ah,
3: bummer.
1: Right? Yeah. Like, fuck, I well, guess I'm going to be doing that's this. That's where I was when Susan said about, like, the box is always going to be there. Right. Like, it was like, yeah. oh, fuck me. Like, <sighs> Susan, the therapist. Okay. You know, like... Like all right, like I guess I get to do this forever. Don't really want to though. Yeah. Well, is that is that what you heard, or is that what she was saying? No, she was just saying that the like it's my past. Like it's, the sexual abuse is never going to go away. It's part of your story. It's my it's my life. But again, so we
2: get scars and wounds, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Which one's a scar? Which and granted, now I can now. I mean, it's definitely moved from wound towards scar because I mean, shit, you listen to any podcast before I actually started dealing with any of my shit. I I couldn't talk about being sexually molested as a kid.
3: It's it's you know, and it is easy in moments to get really discouraged and despondent on it, but like for me, it's just part of life, right? <laughs> like Damn. like I remember when I started getting acne and my mom explained to me, like, this will be really bad through your teenage years. But it's never going to actually go away. You're going to still get zits. Like, when you're a kid, you just didn't get zits or anything yeah. ever. <clears throat> uh, and it's going to be something... You're going to learn how to manage it over time. And then over time, it will start... You know, it won't be as bad, but it's going to be fairly constant. And that's kind of the same way I felt about this. Like, like, yeah, it was really intense at first. I've got some good tools to manage it. But it's not probably ever going to fully go away yeah. like like you can imagine it being, but that's just life.
0: Right? Well, like, life. And with that analogy, an occasional zit's better than a pepper on right. a pizza face when right. you're eating, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so it does get better, right. it, it does yeah. get better. Yeah, so it's yeah. worth doing the work, right. because it gets significantly better,
3: mm. and you'll notice, like and there's a big difference between when I'm on a good diet and I'm on a bad mm. diet, and and yeah, I start to break out when I'm eating lots of sugar and shitty foods, and and I and so wh- if I do the work, things get better. They don't right. get 100% better, but they get better to the point where it's it's noticeable and it's nice enough that it's worth doing the work. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's kind of
1: what it's like. Shit management.
0: Shit management. Shit management.
1: It's a of shit around here, huh? Yeah.
0: Well, for the good.
1: I'm not saying it's bad.
0: I know. It's,
2: yeah. The EMDR thing is, is uh, almost feels overwhelming at times, but, you know, and I had a conversation with someone recently about this, and and he's like, like, aren't you just trying to fast track this, and and part of me is like, yes and no, like, when you're going to just talk about it for three years, and, and you're not having a lot of progress, you're just kind of like, you know and I told my therapist this too so like I've talked about it until I'm blue in the face yeah. like I've talked enough about it um, EMDR is, is sort of like what you're doing Derek with the writing this stuff out it's it's stories and it's your past and it's you know it's walking into the trauma and yeah it's almost like a hypnotic, hypnotic state you're put in and you're feeling it reliving it not reliving it I don't want to use those words you're you're an observer hmm in the very real virtual reality of your own of your own shit. I mean I'm sitting there with nine year old me on this old porch in this trailer park, just sitting there in the sun. And and she had me sit there in this EMDR session for like I don't know, it felt like fifteen minutes. And we're just sitting there. And I can smell the grass, the fresh-cut grass. Yeah, that's right. I can hear birds chirping in the background, and I'm just, I'm just sitting. I'm in that. I'm in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it is mind-blowing to get to that place. Um, and, and it's like, oh, and we're just scratching the surface. It's like, fuck, and I just... So many tears came up in that session, you know. Um, me walking into that place of... Of dealing with little me and teenage me standing there hating on myself. Like, what the fuck are you doing sitting there on the porch waiting for basically the guy who abused me to get home from school? Because he was in high school and I was in grade school and he got, you know, he got out of school later. And I didn't have a parent home, I didn't have anybody to to love me or whatever, so there I am sitting on the porch of a, a fucking pedophile. Waiting for, I was easy prey, you know? So part of it was loving that kid and realizing that he didn't have anybody to really care about him or make him feel like he was valuable. And so that's what I got from that relationship to a certain degree. And that's why I was sitting there. Mm -hmm. But teenage me still kind of pissed off, you know? Sure. You know? And I can't save him from what's about to happen. I go try and hug him, you know? And he's a ghost. So in this session, 17 year old me with the fucking hair down down here in my jacket and my fucking motley Cruz shirt and all that stuff, starting to feel for this kid and then I want to give him a hug and I'm just like, whoosh, ghost, you know Oh wow, yeah and, uh, and you know, and then I was just in tears again going, I can't save him from what's about to happen. like it fucking happened. So so we're still in that weird scars and wounds area with that part of the story because that's kind of where where it ended, you know, um, trying to get off of that porch, and we just kind of ended the session. So I don't remember what happened to me um, with that shit, so there's missing memories. But that memory on the porch I didn't remember a couple weeks ago. I didn't remember that I would sit on the porch and wait for this fucker. So I'm, I'm struggling with uh, with what that looks like. You know, it's fucked up, but it's also healing. It's also good. It's it's fast tracking all this talk therapy and shit. And part of this is I want to heal every fucking wound. You know what? I'm not gonna make excuses anymore. I'm not gonna put Bible verses on my suffering and explain it away and make excuses for it. I'm going to spend my I'm too I'm almost fifty years old. I don't want to have so much time on this planet and I'd rather get as much of that shit healed as I can. Because I don't you know, I don't wanna walk around all fucking broken and and full of pussy wounds that I don't wanna heal because of ego or you know, some shit.
0: You think that people get to that place when they have to? I mean, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, you ever wonder why you didn't do it sooner? Were well, you not ready to? Just didn't have the resources, didn't have the support. Yeah, the resources or the support. But even that.
1: No, that's I, you are done, done yet.
0: yet. Yeah, I'm
2: not done yet. It's,
1: you know, it's the in what was it AA or whatever um, group you're in you're not done until you're done right and they preach that all the time you just weren't ready yeah so, you know it's you're gonna to continue to drink or do drugs or suffer yeah until your suffering is more painful than healing
2: right I remember when James Noriega would say that to people they would come in and I mean there would be in Mars Hill back in the day Thursday night grace groups there would be fucking homeless people coming in heroin addicts and stuff like that I remember James, I always thought it was kind of mean at first, but I kind of, I get it now. (laughs) You know, but he'd look at people and go, you know, you've been here for a while. Just wondering what the fuck are you doing here? And they'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) they'd be like, what? They'd be like, you're really not interested in healing. You're just coming here to hang out. Like, we're not interested in just hanging out. We're interested in tackling your fucking demons and and dealing with that shit. So unless you're ready to, to deal with your fucking demons and not just hang out here like, you know, like, this is some kind of social club. Why don't you just go do more drugs? And I'm like, fuck, that's pretty brutal. You got more drugs to do. Just go do more drugs. And come back when you feel like you're ready to take on your demons again.
1: And I love people like that. You know, Susan, at group.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, she does that, too. Like, so oh, man.
1: you've been here for a few weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here for? You know, it's like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, yep, uh just hanging out okay yeah. see you later yeah but there are guys there in there for years you know
0: five years like like EMDR therapy which is what I do I don't have trauma like Russ is describing but I shit like anyone in EMDRs have I've described it before it's an effective therapy for me but but where I hear people like yeah I've been doing EMDR for two years now like really like that seems like a long time to do EMDR like <laughs> Like, do you have a good therapist? Are they trained? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going are they on, just like, cashing them checks or what? <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 what I'm just, level are you on? <laughs> and, and I'm just finishing like six months, roughly. And actually, it seems arduous and kind of intense going when you're in it. And I have to actually remind myself, like, hey, you're just a few months in. You're fine, okay? You're fine. But but yeah, it's like you know, well, I'm committed to healing, and it, like you said, it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. There's a part of me. It's like. Want to be here in three years? <laughs> yeah, right. I just don't. You know, it's like I don't want to be years, there next month. Four, like, years, is my line lying in the sand. And, yeah. and, and and like what you're saying, like the boxes will always be there. It's like okay, let's tidy up the room, put shit in the box, put it on top of the uh, closet. And Okay, it's there, but now I can enjoy the rest of the room because you know it smells better and it's cleaner. Yeah, I can come back to it when I need to come if back. I,
1: if I need to, well, but it's or there.
0: Or not a, it's refiled.
1: It doesn't affect you yes. if the box falls off the shelf. You just, yes. oh, the oh box no. fell off the shelf. Okay, box. I, know I, just, I know where it goes. I, can clean. I know what this is. I know the tools to
0: clean it up. And that definitely is true. That definitely happens. And then you put it back on the shelf. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying, though, is about actually... Being steeped into the therapeutic work, you know, how long does this take? And I'm, I can be impatient. Um, I've actually gotten better at that, but of course, a lot of my acute symptoms have lessened significantly, Uh, so I can be more at peace with it, you know, or whatever. Where it's like when you're in acute symptoms of. I don't know, whatever's manifesting in your body, anxiety, it's like, oh my God, my every waking minute is pretty much fucking miserable. Like, like I I had months like that months, like where most, most hours in a day, like just cortisol and, and just stress hormones just raging through my body. Like, yeah, this is bad. This is really bad. Um, and that's no way to live, Mm -hmm. but so, so, yeah, so you get through that hump, and then it's okay, yeah, and, and you, you find a, a rhythm, and you're going through it. But there is this, this other thing, though, like, like, are there people that just do this? Is this just life now? I mean, I, I, I joked on our, on our thread, like, um, in a lot of ways, therapy's taken the place for, uh, for church for me in some ways. Like, I still go to church. But, but in terms of what I'm getting, in terms of, like, meaning, in terms of transformation... Therapy's been the greatest thing I've done in a long time, yeah. but that being said, I don't know if I want to just do it indefinitely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, there's the thing about like so. There's a pastor who put a post on
2: Facebook that kind of triggered the shit out of me, and he says, uh, he says, this week I'm going to preach a sermon on some things that are unpopular in the Seattle area, and he says, you know, and I can't remember all four of them, but the two, the two top ones were. Jesus is Lord and repent, right? And so and so I'm like, I wrote a whole thing. Maybe I'll put it in the blog. It might be cool on the blog. And I would title it, Jesus is not a Christian. <laughs> like, God is not a Christian. Like, God's not a Christian. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa I know, whoa, whoa. that's, that's going to freak some people out. But that's kind of where I went with a lot of this. But a big part of it was that repentance word. And I said, I said, most I said, first of all, that's not unpopular amongst most evangelical churches in the area. They're going to nod their head. He's kind of preaching to the choir, right? right? You post that on Facebook so all the Christians can go, yep, you tell those Seattle people. I'm the good guy. Yeah, I'm the good guy. They're the bad guys. We're woke and they're asleep or whatever, right? And I'm thinking... Um, and basically, what I posted was was when it comes to repentance, like most Christians aren't doing that. Like you, you're you're kind of like you want everyone else to do it, but you're not fucking doing it. Because I, in my mind, when you say repent,
1: that word basically means to change direction. My kids repented when they stopped shitting in their diapers. <laughs> yeah, they they took it. They changed. They did something
2: different. Um and and that's that's changing direction or Christians or like rewarding. to believe repentance
3: looks like a 2 minute thing. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, "Oh, I said it. Like, oh, oh that was bad. Yeah. I'm think, not going to do that anymore." I think Christians... And 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 now I'm going to white knuckle it until everybody around me believes that I've stopped doing it. That's what they think <laughs> repentance is. Yep. Repentance is probably going to take you a lifetime. A, a lifetime. Life. A lifetime. And you're Christians still going to be fucking doing this it's just going to look different when you're done. <laughs>
2: that's
1: right. Like, yeah. Oh, man. I think Christians look at it, repentance as forgiveness. Right. It's not the same thing. Not the same thing. Not even, yeah, close. Not even close. But that's how they act whenever it comes to it. It's like... Yeah. No, no. Well, and so, that, there so,
2: can be some emotional work of forgiveness in there, but that's no scratching the surface. Yeah.
1: So much, so much of the uh, of the
0: conversations, like you said, scratching the surface is really dealing with just the surface level stuff, like you know your addictions, your behaviors, your attitudes, repentive whatever, jerking off, drinking too much, whatever. Um, I had a situation recently that was kind of triggering for me, where an announcement was made at, at the church I attend about some concerns with. What they're teaching in the public school system about you know abortions and really alarmist stuff about and I, it. I I clicked on to the website this person like mentioned or sent a link to and it, it was like sort of a, a thing that was a bit intense. It's very sort of uh, like I would use the word pro-abortion. Like it's one thing to be pro-choice, but this was more pro-abortion where they were literally encouraging women to not only have abortions, but to sort of be proud that they had an abortion. And it was like, you know, I mean, it, women that find themselves in that situation, it, it's a stressful situation. It's yeah. it, There's a lot of circumstances leading up to it. It's not a desirable situation. I don't know how much you don't go have abortions on the weekends. For fun, right? Exactly. Like, like yeah. I don't know how much you should celebrate like like a situation <laughs> like that. Now it's one thing to say that it happened, it's one thing to say that you struggled with it, it's one thing to say that you went through it. I, I just don't know how how much you know society should be waving palm poms for it though, on a personal level. Uh, that being said you know, where I was interacting with it, it wasn't so much like demonizing it that maybe there's women in our society that do that. Like, I have an abortion, I'm proud. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to demonize that. I want to understand it. Like, how did you get to that place? How did you get to a place of so much pain where, I mean, not only did you, I mean, you had an abortion, you had an unwanted pregnancy, that's how you chose to take care of it, but you're really like feeling the need to react so strongly to something. Where now you're celebrating it like it's a middle finger in the face of of shame. guilt and shame Some, yeah. and a lot of pain pain well, it's, yeah. it's, that's what i want to understand that's what's interesting Let, let's go there let's talk about why you're reacting the way you are let's talk about the pain that got you there let's talk about how probably the church at large caused that caused that gave you that attitude that's a more interesting conversation instead of just a
1: surface level of Aren't you shouldn't do that. These this.
0: people are horrible for what they're saying. Oh my gosh. It's,
1: it's, it's not just that though either, too. How many people do you know that have divorce parties? No. Oh.
0: Yeah. I know lots. Yeah. yeah that okay, that okay, was a thing wait. on Instagram there
1: for a while like people celebrating their yeah, divorce like, like wait, they get out of court. You're yeah. I get it. You know, I'm divorced. It sucks. Like, I'm not out throwing a fucking party that I'm sort of lucky. I'm like, holy fuck. I feel I'm different. That's a little different for me because I know
0: some people where it's like, yeah, probably best that you guys split.
1: Sure, but throw a party about it, though? Uh, Freedom! I don't know. Yeah. I, it depends on
0: the marriage, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the marriage. depends but.
3: on the crazy person. Or-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like... Ooh. Louis C.K. had a funny bit about divorce, like kind of same thing. Like you know, people, oh, I'm sorry you got divorced. Like why? I mean, people get <laughs> divorced, that get divorced, I'm sorry about it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but 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 yeah. The, the question though is is what pain what backfills pain backfills it? Yeah. Is, it I think so much it. of the
3: church that is disgusting as the church that sees behavior they don't like and instantly moves to how do we keep that out of us? And how do we fix it? Right.
0: So when they hear the word
2: repent, they think about the gays, right? Like the instant thing that pops in their mind, oh, yeah, Seattle, they need to repent. And then gays, like it's... (laughs) And
3: the first thing, and then you see this over over, and over, the first thing Jesus did when he saw behavior that was so devastating was, oh, how did you get there? (laughs) Like what pain produced that behavior because that was awful
1: yeah
2: like let's like we're not talking about gays either by the way we're not i mean we're not saying that being gay is pain but but, but yeah you're right i mean i get what you're saying like some
3: yeah and that was a dysfunctional behavior like like yeah like like john's question like you're celebrating an abortion what like there is like, I'm genuinely curious, interested, and empathetic yeah. to understand how you got to the... Because it, cause it feels like it's easy for me, and this may not even you know necessarily be true, but if that meets a common line where I can extrapolate that to some deep pain.
2: yeah, Like,
3: like 99% of the people have some really nasty pain underneath that. I don't even want to talk about your behavior Let's figure let's out, like, yeah. Pain. Let's you and I sit and talk about the paint, yeah. and the church just fucking blows over the top
1: of that. Yep. Like, didn't you know, Derek? Jesus died for that, right? right. Yeah. Nope.
3: Patched you up. Don't talk about it anymore. Get to the <laughs> yeah. back of the church. Yeah. Let's
1: have a yeah. nice, pretty parade. I saw, I parade. saw, and I saw <laughs> that's a bowl. and I was on the left side, yeah. and there was a cross and Jesus in the middle. And I walked across <laughs> oh, to good the right Lord, side. You guys, it's I don't done. understand. You're well, I not understand where you guys are falling short on this. <laughs>
3: That's right. Oh, and now oh, me as man. the pastor can write you off and not talk to you anymore because you're healed. But you'll still send your check every month, right? All right, we yes. have fixed yeah. this shit.
1: Let's uh, let's go do this. I have to this. pay for the yeah. bulletin and the cross still. So yeah, I mean, now we'll I'll do a
0: seminar on how successful
1: I was. What <laughs> at, what to be fair to be fair, Pray
0: in yeah. the gay away. What would actually <laughs> keep the lights on is uh. is sort of that but it's more Dealing with the surfacey stuff about how you're saved and you just don't believe it enough. That's why you keep jerking off or <laughs> assert bad behavior, and that's what'll keep you coming. It's always the next level of belief. They'll yeah. keep you coming back, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. you're not getting to the roots because if you get to the roots, people might not come back. But if and you look at this dude purpose.
3: we brought up front. He's doing so much better
1: than you are. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, like yeah, no. sure he's
3: lying well, through don't... his teeth, but we're not going to tell you that. Eric
1: they, <laughs> Eric, they don't ever do that. They don't lie. <laughs> they don't. Bring poor fucking. They don't bring ex home ex convicts up there. Guys,
3: like. Frankensteining their lives together. So it looks like from the outside they got it all. Or, or they
2: bring the guy up on stage who just peed his pants to keep his backside warm. Right, and he's still in the phase of right, yeah. it's war right, right now. So he's up there it. on stage. They don't talk about three weeks later when his ass is frozen off. You know, that's a whole. We, right, yeah, oh, if you catch the guy right after he pissed his pants. Yeah. Here. There's well, a cool line in that that Wizard of Oz right, right before... Right, so the Tin Man walks up to the, wiz, the Wizard of Oz, the, the, the story of the Wizard of Oz, when they find out that there's someone behind the curtain. The Tin Man walks up and goes, hey, uh, Wizard, I'd like a heart. And the Wizard's like, why, right? <laughs> right? Why? Why do you want a heart? heart like they're brain. really complicated and they hurt, and it's just not really good for you to to have a heart. You should de- oh, and ignore the guy behind the curtain. Who's that behind the curtain back there? And they're like, that's when they realize someone's behind the curtain. <laughs> no, ignore him and just forget about your heart.
1: You don't need a heart. Oh, brutal! That's so an interesting true. question, and I guess I'm asking myself, but I'll pose it to Derek anyway. So the <laughs> The church that you go to does some of this. Yep. So when do you chuck it in the fuck it bucket?
3: It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> when they. I think part of the reason I go is because they're actually open to seeing some of that. Yeah. and having that challenge and having a conversation right and yeah, having yeah. A conversation. and yeah. and and willing to say hey this looks kind of ugly is there some ugliness behind this yeah there's probably a little bit of ugliness yeah, let's deal this. with that yeah, right yeah, um, yeah. And,
2: yeah and and not enough to have open hands about it right yeah.
3: and uh, and that's i mean that's all you can ever ask out of any relationship ever cuz every relationship has got bullshit yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah
3: yeah mess in the back and the only thing yeah, the only reason that per- relationship will ever be worth pursuing is if they're
0: willing to say, yeah, there's some shit back there. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: How would you answer that question
1: for yourself, Chuck? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't have an answer for it. Because I've, ax- I've asked myself that question quite a bit. Yeah. And I still find myself... I mean, it's I go to two churches. hmm And, you know, it's like, why the fuck do I go to these things? And portions of why I go is the relationships that I have with certain people that go there mm-hmm. yeah. um, but when is enough enough like when do I chuck it in the fucking bucket and <laughs> not go there anymore like I don't know like I don't know where my line in the sand is Right. yeah that's a question and it's yeah
3: I've so John and I wrestled a little bit this on the on this on the thread and it's something I, you know every time I sit in the church now I mm-hmm. think about it um, and really, one of the thing, you know, the thing that I don't want to say, I'll say first, uh, is that I definitely, historically, had a very strong certainty mm-hmm. addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was constant, like twenty four hours a day. Uh, and that's what the church gave me was certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and it's super heady stuff, right? Like, like it's incredibly addicting. And, uh, and anything that starts to threaten it, you freak the fuck out. Yeah. Like, I remember the feeling of having people bring really good evidence. You know, I'm engineer, science-based, science-loving, and, you know, really good scientific evidence... Against what I said I believed and what I was certain about. And just the feeling in my chest. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, like I need you to go away right now and talk about this. <laughs> like, shut your mouth. Yes. Yeah, right. Because yeah. I need that certainty. I need that fix. Yeah. Um, and some part of me still going to church is I get a little hit of that still. Like, there's still, okay, I can take an hour and get a little bit of that certainty fix. And, and doing a lot of sitting and thinking about that and that's not the only reason I go but it's there like yeah. that's, like I won't tell you that that's not there Rick will mainline that shit right yes
2: <laughs> Mainline yeah <laughs> he's a I love Rick but he's got some of that certainty
0: yeah. thing he's, he wrestles c- with it himself certainty
3: freebasing.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm pushing and I, it, I'm pushing it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he, I was Dan talking. So I was talking to Rick online. Yeah, exactly. Right. He, on your he was on that thread. Yeah. We were talking about uh, this thread. Exactly. Exactly why I stopped posting atonement <laughs> theories and theology on my personal page. I yeah. just right, and you can feel it. Because you started to threaten his certainty, mm-hmm. and he got that
3: tightness in his chest, and freak like, and no, 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 oh. no. I got my books, I got my dudes, I got my dead dudes. I got you know, <laughs> I've like, like, all right, like
2: I'm gonna. And I, I think I, Fain maybe was doing that. Maybe Rick was like a nice guy. Rick was in there, but yeah. what, what I appreciate about Rick is at least he was in there. Right. So over the years, I've had pastors. There's a there's a pretty good load of pastors who are on my personal facebook account like they've personally friended me and not one of them not one of those guys Who engage. were engaged. In that threat they wouldn't engage to it. and i don't know you know i don't know where they're coming from i'm not judging them for that well, to be but clear, it's I cool don't
3: do those things either <laughs> right but it was cool yeah you didn't
2: you have a facebook
0: page <laughs> <laughs> he's the provocateur man. i'm the
2: provocateur we're all the provocateurs but I don't I don't mind being provocative. I don't mind being What do you guys think about that? I said that in the intro to the to the uh, the show on violence. You have a podcast? <laughs> yeah, a couple actually. Um how do you be respect? How do you be disrespectful to someone's ideology, but respect, but respectful to them? Like when course. you get
0: on an Orthodox uh, Facebook page and you say they're just a bunch of assholes and robes. <laughs> <are laughs> I didn't say assholes. Something. I got kicked Cre- off. Of no the- creepy dudes. In the road, <laughs> yes, that's, that's almost my exact. Point that was. would be an example of being disrespectful. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I with got people kicked people. off of the Orthodox. Uh, or, was it <laughs> Orthodox hipster coffee hour?
2: Yes. I didn't get kicked off. I actually left the group because the guy said, was intolerant if you can't almost... ask that question." And anytime like I get triggered by people who say, "You can't ask that question." And maybe I was I'm, I'll admit that was
0: disrespectful,
2: maybe. I mean,
0: Yeah, it, it most definitely was. Right.
2: And again, but who gives a shit? Like I don't I don't respect your fucking robes and your beard. Okay, so then Sorry, why I'd be a part of the him. group? Because I like the theology, I like their way they view atonement theory. I like the fact that it's rooted in something deep. Historical I like the fact that how they do relationships. Okay, but all of the other stuff
0: is window dressing. I think that it's. I think that it can become idolatry. What? But maybe go at it from. And, and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not Mister like apologist for it. I just I went through catechesis on this stuff and learned a little right. bit about it. And it's like you know challenge your assumptions that there's you know things you don't know or understand about it. I mean it looks like pageantry and and I I guess I yeah I definitely get how it could look that but but that's actually there's actually meaning behind everything they're doing. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> it's <laughs> no, like it's you like, like Rollins. It. I don't. But listen, no,
2: Rollins told this great little parable and it's in his book uh, Orthodox Heretic and he says uh He so there's this guy and he's on this like airplane, right? And he's a pastor. And this pastor has this weird gift. And every time he prays for someone, they totally lose their faith and hate God. Like they just don't want to do anything with God anymore. Every time he prays for somebody, they don't want anything to do with church. They don't believe anymore. And they walk away. So he realizes, I should probably stop praying for people if I want to stay in this profession because they start losing their faith and walking away from God. And so, He's on this plane, and he's there's is over here. He's he's kind of sitting next to him, sort of. He's across the aisle, and he's like on his phone. And he's like, "I I own this company. I don't give a shit if you're a single mom. You're gonna be to work. Fine, figure something out. I don't care if your kid's sick. You're gonna be there because I got a company to run. Do you hear me?" Hangs up the phone, and then somebody else calls, and he's just going off on them. And then uh, he hangs up, and he's just—you could tell the tension in this guy. Like he's just kind of freaking out. and He reaches over and he takes a big old swig of his glass of vodka. And the and the pastor sitting there seeing this, and he goes, "Uh, he goes, hey man, are, are you okay? You know, you seem kind of kind of on edge and stuff." And he goes, "You know, it's just this company I run and all these freaking people that are so irresponsible." And he says, "You know, if it wasn't for my church and and my men's group and my prayer and." And my priest, I don't know how I would do it, man. I don't know if I could do another day with this stuff. But I got those guys to keep me, keep me going, you know, to keep me having the edge and the fire to keep this company going. And so the the pastor goes, I, I think I should pray for you, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so he lays hands on the guy and he prays for him, and the guy gets gets done, and he's like, Oh man, he goes. What the hell was I doing with all that God shit? Like, that was stupid and ridiculous. Why did I believe any of that stuff? And all those people in that church, God, they believe this just garbage. They believe this bullshit. And so he leaves his church, and he he quits his faith. And he goes back to his company, and he looks in the eyes of his employees. And he thinks, you know what? There's not some cosmic God up there who's going to fix this shit. And he starts to have feelings in his heart for these people. He starts a daycare. In his company for the single moms and stuff, because he starts to give a shit, you know. And years later, he's on a train or something like that. He gets on this train and he sees the same pastor, and he wells up with tears. And he goes, he goes, man, he goes, you 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 have had me lose my religion, but you gave me my faith. Yeah, and thank you for giving me That's my sweet. faith. So that's where I kind of go with a lot of the robes and the shit. And some of it, I'll be honest, like you were talking about Romophobe. Like some of it oh, is that. That's so How your many story. pedophiles you've, you've said sit that. behind it a fucking rope so. and know all the catechisms and remember all yeah, that yeah. shit? Yeah, And they just, that's what they do. They hide that. They use it so they can keep fucking kids.
0: And I know and that they about feel okay you. about it. And I know that's your trigger. And I know that's But your it's history. not my trigger. That's. that's well, it's a that's a trigger. It is a trigger. But,
2: but how much of it is. And this is what Roland said how too. How much of it is not, though, too? How much I mean, of it is look, the machine?
0: I'm it's not trying to go. dismiss it all.
2: Religion reference. keeps the machine going. The machine of just garbage and hate and sin and, and hating on each other and, and not
1: taking responsibility for the authority that you wield yeah, in this you're, world. You're assuming that everybody is that way.
2: No, I'm not assuming everyone's that way. But, I'm you sorry. but he's reacting. You're I'm re- re- reacting Well, you're me. reacting that way. I'm reacting that people with robes can do that. They can just hide in that. They can hide in their religion. Hiding and they jeans and a guitar too. They
0: can. You're right.
1: and Yeah. It's anywhere.
0: I I kind of saw it. as like, I want like <laughs> like a, one. When I want to poke it.
1: I want to poke it. When not
0: that a, long ago. I, I I really try like like mostly I'm online to talk to you guys. Um, or I kind of use social media as like my blog role Maybe I'll post some <laughs> pictures of my kids or whatever. But really, it's it's like. I, I try not to be too substantive lately, and but like I couldn't resist the temptation. I read this really f- fairly provocative, but really good article about Billy Graham. I posted it to my wall, and like my mother-in-law <laughs> had like like her reaction to it was was pretty strong. And I, I hate Jesus. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and or at least Jesus is agent, <laughs> Billy Graham. I, I realize that I am basically like poking one of her sacred cows. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not my sacred cow, not right. my circus, not my monkey. I think, <laughs> I, I, and, and you know, we could talk about Billy Graham. I'll just say I think he did a lot of damage for Christianity and for America. That's my personal opinion. I can tell you why I think that. I, you know, some, maybe another conversation, but let's just say that's the way I'm reacting to it. And but I can say that very easily because again, not my circus, not my monkeys, not my sacred cow. Uh, but it's my mother-in-law's sacred cow. It's her monkey. It's her circus. And it's like, Oh, I care about her. And, and I, I, I made some, some comment about how, well, you know, cause she kind of came at it a bit ad hominem. So, you know, your, your, your pushback is a little ad hominem. Engage the author for what he's saying, not who he is. And then she basically proceeds to respond with another ad hominem response. Like basically just like doing exactly what I said she was doing and doing it again. Logic's out the window. And then this other guy we know chimes in with some vitriol and anger, and it's like, oh shit! I'm just deleting it. I'm just deleting it because I care about relationships. I care yeah. about people. I, it's like, I, you know, th- there's that temptation to lob a grenade, but so, but, but but sometimes a bigger hammer. Sometimes the problem, though, man, is it's like it's just so much heat, not a lot of light,
2: yeah.
0: and it, and those things are best resolved in conversations. Yeah. I end up having two great subsequent online conversations with these two people. And it was great because again, in relationships, it's good, but when it's just like lobbing a grenade, it, it doesn't work so well. It's
3: always impossible on Facebook to remember <laughs> to remember all the people. yes. The, the that are gonna be groups. pissed off yes. right Yes. like I even for a while was like I'd post stuff and I like it lets you exclude certain people yeah, yeah. yeah I've done that. done that <laughs> this person does not need to see this and this person and uh, then they're like oh I, I forgot,
0: forgot, I, forgot, I, forgot I forgot that guy I forgot that guy I forgot
1: that guy it's like friends friends acquaintance oh right. fuck no <laughs> yeah oh man so
3: that's why I started the Facebook page that we have this is such a good page Which, yeah. where we have oh, what six of us seven of us that I know can handle whatever the fuck comes up on there yeah. without being the, that guy. And so that's where I post most of my shit and the rest of the times I just do
0: dad jokes. It's also the problem with, with that conversation we were having on your page that I couldn't resist being baited into like an idiot. <laughs> but it's like I I, I I can't explain four to five years of deconstruction and re-basically Totally overhauling my thinking, way I understand theology, philosophy. I can't walk you through that in a Facebook wall. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, dude. You know how many books I read? Do you know how many like lectures I listened to? I mean, you're an information <laughs> addict, John. Maybe. Well, I think that's part of deconstruction, though, is absorbing yeah, information true. and reformatting. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you can a lot can't... of people that said a lot of stuff. It's like, hey, what... About a lot of things. I have this question. Tell me about this, this, and this. It's like, dude, that's like that's like four books you got to read to get to the bottom of that. I can't walk you through it in a Facebook post. Or anything. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Exactly. I get that. So sometimes that that's one of the downsides. Maybe to it's to my it. anger. I don't know. I have to work that out. Maybe it's your dick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
0: Or you know how some
2: people just go through and they just... They just get rid of a bunch of like Facebook friends to kind of wean down their feet. I just say really offensive shit and they just kinda of go away. That's always funny. <laughs>
3: like like how many times do you re friend somebody before you figure out like, okay. Like I'm pretty sure like oh shit, like I'm not friends with you again. I'm pretty sure we were friends like not that long ago. Yeah. And this may be like the thirty fourth that's, time. Even that's like too okay, much work. I
1: guess I'm just not gonna Too much work. I had a, a friend of mine, not on well, we are on Facebook friends, but just in that human relationship (laughs) Chuck you you have you know like 500 friends on Facebook oh okay like is is that good you know like I don't fucking know man you don't go through and you know weed out your friends and blah 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 it's like I I post pictures of my kids so my (laughs) parents can see them right yeah I live 3,000 fucking miles away like Going through and deleting pictures, I, I had another friend that was like, Oh, you really ought to delete some of these pictures of your ex wife and blah blah blah. I was like, That's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, delete my friends like, on Facebook? Like, no, that's work. Like, fuck, I don't care. Like, yeah. Yeah.
2: The memory stuff that comes up is weird too. Oh, yeah. I love that feature. Do you?
0: Yes. I like it. I, get I a like a lot that
2: out of it. I get a lot
1: of That's where I was you a used years
0: ago.
3: As a journal, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I do use it as a journal. No. So I post yeah. stuff that I- that only I can see and it comes up. Yeah, that's no, cool. Up well, that's here, cool. Which
1: is a trap. Have you ever shared any of it? That would be interesting.
3: My personal stuff? No, probably not. Cause not. Derek never gets <laughs> personal <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> in the I have- walls. Where are we gonna land this plane?
3: Uh, right here.
1: All right, we'll
2: land
3: it. Alright, uh... Good night, everybody.
2: <laughs> I think the worst time to have a heart attack is during a game of charades.
3: That's a huge bitch!
2: Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't chicken out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass,
1: and I'm all out of bubblegum.